I sent over a couple of topics. I have great migration, company culture. Was it great resignation? Is that what you were thinking about? Or which migration, like when the birds go north and south, which one were we talking about here, guys? We live in Minnesota, so when they all start flying, it's a big deal around here. And we just wanted to talk about that a little bit. I mean, it'll be spring any day now in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, we actually can see the sun. So we were talking about the great resignation, I think. So yeah, that's funny though. Is, is the resi- are you guys seeing a lot of resignation and turnover on the team? Or is that just like a general topic that you've been hearing about? Yeah, not, not necessarily within our team, but. When you're perusing LinkedIn or you're perusing any news article, it seems to be that the great resignation is here and now and happening throughout COVID. And so just something that Ryan and I have spoken to before of how do we try and attract and retain employees at RMH. Well, hello and welcome to Make It, Move It, Sell It. On this podcast, I talk with company leaders about how they're modernizing the business of making, moving and selling products. And of course, having fun along the way. I'm your host, Adam Honig, the CEO of Spiro.ai. We make amazing AI software for companies in the supply chain, but we're not talking about that today. Instead, today, we're talking with Chad and Ryan Howard from RMH Systems, which is probably the most successful material handling company that I'm aware of at any rate. So Chad and Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to talk to you guys. It's not often I get to talk to two brothers on the podcast at the same time. Ryan, I'm sure you've got a lot of stories about Chad, but we'll save that for later after after the podcast when we can talk about him, just you and me, maybe. Yeah, you only gave us 15 minutes, so I don't think we're going to have enough time, so we'll save that. All right. Yes, I understand. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about there. Now, guys, so Ryan, you're the president of RMH Systems, Chad's the general manager, and I know that there's a lot of focus on your business in the culture and how you develop the team and and staff and so on. Chad, maybe you could just give us like a quick background on the business and a little bit about some things that you guys are really focused on. Yeah, so RMH Systems, our family took over, bought the company in the early 1990s, and we're primarily focused on the uh, industrial automation world. And that spans across material handling, which would be conveyors, rack equipment, and cranes. And then there'd be packaging equipment as well, and line packaging equipment, and then also robotics too. And Adam, as I'm sure you've seen in the world, the labor force, it's hard to attract and retain labor. And so robotics is becoming more and more prevalent in uh, different manufacturers across the U.S. Yeah. Now, now I've got a question. So your family bought the business. Now, did you guys all sit around? You were like, Dad, I really want to go into the material handling business. I've got this thing. I think it's going to be big. There's a lot of people who need it. I mean, how did that happen? I'm sure Ryan will say the same thing, but uh, both growing up, we were both active and sports. And I, I don't even know if we knew what material handling really was or is. And so it it took a little convincing. We went to college, both had finance degrees at the University of Iowa. And then we both went and did our own thing. Ryan was in healthcare. He got a master's in healthcare. I went to a software consulting company in Chicago. And then really, I think we saw the benefits of being a entrepreneur and working within the family business. We had more and more conversations with our dad and he was, I guess we networked pretty well with him. He was nice enough to bring us on board. 
Well, it's great that you've got that great relationship with your dad. It'd be kind of sad otherwise. So, <laughs> Ryan, how does that come into the way you guys work with employees being a family business and all? It's certainly a different dynamic in a family-owned business. And, and family-owned businesses can be very small and there's huge, very large family-owned businesses out there in the world. And, uh, you know, for us, it's a, it's an important piece to our culture. We have worked hard to maintain that family feel to the business as we've grown. I mean, since our grandfather took over in the early nineties, it's gone from about 15 people to 115 people. And we've, I think we've tripled in the last 10 years. It's grown quickly and we now span over five states. So it becomes difficult to maintain that same corporate culture. That's, uh, I shouldn't say corporate culture, just maintaining that same company culture across branches, across states as you grow quickly. But we work pretty hard and make it a priority for not only our various management team across the branches to uphold those cultural values, but we put a lot of onus and ownership on the entire team to be a part of it. And a lot of it comes down to our hiring and interviewing processes to make sure that we have people. We don't want just talented folks. We want people that that will uphold and adhere to, to how we like doing things and being a part of the team in the right way and, and, and doing things the right way that we've done now for 30 years. And so it permeates through a lot of our different things that we do within the business. Now, do you use a particular hiring approach? We, for example, we use the WHO methodology. It, it, it's a kind of a goofy name, but it's by this guy, Jeffrey Smart, who wrote this book about uh, interviewing and so on. And we found it to be very effective. Is there a similar methodology that you guys use for that? I've read the book by Mr. Smart. It's a good book. I like the model. We've grown up, we're, we're trying to grow up quick. And we've gone from being a very small regional family-owned business to now, I, I like to say we're, we're a big, small business. But we've, things like HR and marketing, you know, those things are on the tail end of your growth because you're trying to figure those things out with a few management level people that maybe don't have backgrounds there. And I think right. we've gotten better at it over the last couple of years. I think we've added an HR manager, which has helped formalize our process quite a bit. I don't think we adhere to a very specific methodology that's defined out in the market. We've become much more particular in our hiring process. We used to just rely on our gut instinct quite a bit, and it wasn't bad. We've had a good, a good run of hires. Now we involve a lot more people in the process. Mm -hmm. bring different perspectives, even if it has nothing to do with the actual role. And I think there's a lot of commentary about shortening the interviewing process out there in the market right now. We're actually lengthening our interview process, adding different layers. We add in a social aspect just because it's so hard and so costly to hire someone that doesn't fit. And if you have to flip that person over or replace that person because they left or they didn't work out, it's expensive, time consuming, and it hits morale too. So we're pretty thoughtful in particular in the interviewing process. And we make sure we get a lot of perspective on that person before we forward. That totally makes sense. And I know a lot of people that I've been talking with are you know, worried about employee resignations. And it feels like this whole period that we're in is really causing people to rethink what they want from their careers and their jobs. We actually, our former head of sales decided that she wanted to move to Vermont and open up a women's clothing boutique. <laughs> and that's what she did. And it was just like one day, you know, that's what she did. And I think the pandemic in particular has caused people to revisit these choices. Have you guys been seeing that in your company or with suppliers or customers or how's that been going? Yeah, we, we've been seeing it a lot with our customers, I would say mostly. A lot of our customers are in the manufacturing industry. So 
they're hiring workers to work for hourly wages and they are struggling to find that labor, struggling to find people who want to come in and do repetitive jobs for eight hours a day. And let's face it, probably not the best conditions. It's pretty much summertime and warehouses can, can get pretty hot in the summer. There's not a lot of air conditioning in those factories I've seen. No, no, there, there's not. So it can be a grind for a lot of these workers. And some of them are, are going to other industries. Some of them are going to the manufacturer across the street who has a sign out front that says they'll pay them $1 extra. So it's a struggle. So yeah, we're definitely seeing the great resignation in, in our industry. We're doing a lot of things to keep people within our company. Granted, we're selling to these manufacturers, but Somewhat going back to, to Ryan's point about the interviews too, that, that process for us doesn't stop, you know, once they sign on board with RMH. We're doing our best to make sure that they're thought of those first, you know, throughout their whole career. But those first 90 days, we're, we're staying with them. We're giving them a gift basket when they show up that first day of some of their favorite things. Um, we're having, we're setting them up with a buddy system, if you will, where they can, you know, nothing will get reported up to management, but they just have a place to go where they feel they can talk about whatever they want to talk, I guess, basically talk about management. So they, they want to talk about Ryan and Chad, probably. Well, let me ask you this. You said the first day they show up. So most of your staff is coming to one of your facilities today. Is that you, you have a flexible work program or how does that work for you guys? We don't have anything written in stone, but we do have people who are working remotely or have some sort of hybrid approach. We still like to see people come to the office. We still value and think that there there is value in people showing up. You get good communication and, and things just seem to happen at an office, but we do understand people have lives outside of work. Some days they might need to take their kids in to have a doctor appointment. Sometimes they're able to just get more done from home. Um, so we are flexible in that nature. We don't have anything written in stone, but we just like to keep the uh, communication lines open. Now, I'm, I'm curious, when you think about the, the different initiatives at your business, how big a deal is like, I want to say HR, but I'm really talking about like employee relations, you know, with the team and retention and hiring. Where does that kind of rank? I mean, you guys are obviously in a business with physical products and a lot of people think about inventory levels and stuff like that. But I, I kind of get the sense this is a top priority for you guys. Yeah, I, I would consider it at the top. And I think it's and it's not one that has surfaced all of a sudden because of what's going on. I, I think we've strived pretty hard to keep that at the top level priority. I mean, we we don't make anything. We are a distributor. We're an equipment integrator. So we do sales, engineering, and service. So we are completely in the service and people business. Our business thrives because of the people we have on our team. Like I mentioned earlier, to have somebody leave that's a talented person or good at what they do is extremely costly, both in the direct costs of then having to hire, but then the indirect costs and what's lost with that person and the transfer of knowledge and the relationships and all that sort of stuff. And so we, as a leadership team, spend a lot of time talking about the strategic direction of the company, where we're going, what are the next what are the next, what's the next quarter look like? What are the next two years look like? Where do we need to expand? What markets do we need to be in? What people do we need to develop? All of those decisions and all of that strategic thinking is really at the forefront guided by our culture. And we're not going to make decisions for growth that are going to reflect poorly on the culture or have an impact there. So, I mean, we are completely dependent on our strong team and we have been so blessed with the team that we have. We've got great people that care about what they do, that care about the people that work here. 
And so it's incumbent upon us to constantly be evolving to make sure we have a physical work environment that people like coming to. We've got a benefits package that supports people. There are flexible programs that allow people to achieve their goals that they have in life, but also live their lives with a balance with what's going on with their families. I mean, it's a pretty complex, robust subject, but it's our job to keep it at the forefront and make sure we're up with the times and and also have a good pulse of what the team needs and wants around here as far as an employer-employee relationship. That's It needs to be a relationship. It can't be a traditional contract. It's got to be something that has life to it and is active and open. And so I really get that family ethos coming out of it. I can really tell that from the way you guys are talking about it, how just how important it is. I do want to shift topics for a second, though. I, I want to talk about material handling, though, because this is a topic that I know there's a lot of interest in. I'm really curious, from your experience, this whole issue with the supply chain challenges that people have been having in terms of being able to get materials and the lead time. I've been talking with people about how they've been stocking extra inventory. Some of the people are saying we're stocking extra inventory to deal with the supply chain. Some people are like, we're still running as lean as possible, even if that means that we're missing out on some sales. What are you seeing from your perspective? The whole stocking inventory thing. If you were to ask us a couple of years ago about stocking inventory at RMH, we would have said, yeah, probably not what we're going to do. But we're having those talks right now, um, and, and we are starting to stock some inventory. But to your question, Adam, we're seeing customers are struggling with the lead times, and our vendors are struggling to meet the lead times. The lead times, what used to be a two-week item two or three weeks ago, could be a 16 to 20-week lead time right now. So it puts a strain on our customers, and where we focus then is on over-communicating with our customers, letting them know weekly, every couple of weeks, where, what the status is of that piece of equipment or the project, you just can't communicate enough. And even with communication, it's a question mark of when that part or when that piece of equipment is going to come in. I imagine with, with your solution, just one component can hold up the whole thing. Am I thinking that because you're putting in like a whole line for somebody to help them build something or package something and you're integrating these different solutions together? Yeah, so we could be integrating an entire conveyor system at a distribution center. And for your listeners, I'm sure a prime example, they've all seen the car issue and the car shortage with the chips. It's something like that. We could have motors that aren't coming in for the conveyors, and that's the only part that we can't get. But we can't install a conveyor system without something to drive it. So it definitely could be the one part. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you know has been coming up a lot for me when I've been talking with people is something like the Amazonization of customer expectations. Everybody's so used to ordering stuff online, getting stuff quickly, being able to go online and see the status. Are you seeing that kind of bubbling up in your customer base too? It's a good question, and it's had a tremendous ripple effect through through all industries. I mean, there is the consumer now expects a package to be delivered the same day that they order it. You were trying to figure out an item that you ordered that you could say on the podcast. I have i i got I have Amazon, Amazon, and Target are at my doorstep every single day. So the Howard family is a strong supporter of both companies. But it's a great question because it's it's hap- it's infiltrated every industry, B two B or B two C. It's the expectation is that things get there quickly, and so things that are happening right now in the supply chain for people like us that are in the background, or for our customers, or even our vendors too, it creates a lot of stress because your companies want to do things quicker, they want to do things more automated, and it's because there's an expectation of getting things done now so that they can fulfill orders. And they can grow their business and make more money. It's going to be really interesting to watch, especially as 
artificial intelligence continues to take hold of the industries. And even beyond that, Web 3.0 and some other things, it's going to really change the way the supply chain works. And we're kind of in a transition period of moving to a fully automated supply chain. And so we get to be at the forefront of some of that and helping our customers think through a lot of that stuff. But it's Amazon has certainly had its impact across the board. It's just it's changed the dynamic of the supply chain and fulfilling orders. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's somebody working on the blockchain supply chain combination right now, but you know, not me. It's an interesting topic, but I can definitely see the solutions that you guys provide, you know, all being cryptoized at some point here. (laughs) So tokens, just tokens coming down the packaging line or something like that. 10 NFTs for a stick of conveyor or something like that. Exactly, exactly. But that's all non-physical goods, which isn't really something that I'm super concerned about. You know, we're really focused on companies that make real things, Mm -hmm. not this kind of crypto stuff or whatever. But hey, this is this has been really great. I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast, Ryan and Chad. I feel like what I'm kind of taking away from this episode is really a lot of good insight about how to create a great culture in the company to deal with some of the issues that we're facing about employee relations really in this time of day and a little bit about supply chain, how people are dealing with it and over-communicating. I think Chad said over-communicating about issues and just being really on top of it. And that's been a trend that I feel like I've been hearing from a lot of folks about how to deal with this moment that we're in, which is probably, by the way, right, going to continue for a while. You guys don't think the supply chain challenges are just going to clear up by Christmas or something like that? No, I think it might be the new norm. Exactly. So it'll be interesting, as always. But listen, thanks for joining us. And as a reminder, for the audience, you can find every episode of the Make It, Move It, Sell It podcast at Spiro.ai backslash podcast. And if you're trying, having trouble falling asleep, I advise you to try to say that over and over again. But when you do subscribe, if you like this episode and you thought that Ryan and Chad provided you with some insights today, please rate the podcast highly. Maybe leave a comment. I don't know, whatever else people do on the podcast platforms, but please support the podcast by sharing with a friend, maybe. That would be good. Don't you think, guys, we, people should do that? Absolutely. I expect this to, to get at least seven or eight likes. All right. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we will look forward to speaking to you at the next episode. 